0: Uh, 24 years, he's in evangelism and uh, preaching all over this country. And uh, he is one of those guys that, uh, uh, you know how protective I am of this pulpit and these other preachers are the same way. Uh, we, we want men who have stood the test of time and men who have been faithful. And I want to tell you, this man has been faithful. I wish his wife was here with him. She's not able to be here. We love them dearly. So I want you to welcome Dr. Jim Moss this morning and Brother Jim, you come make yourself at home. Amen. We we don't have a thing to do until tomorrow night the NCAA playoffs. So (laughs) (laughs) that's all you want to, amen. Amen. love Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. My brother, seated behind me, leaned over and said, wow. <laughs> wow, he said, means two hearty amens. <laughs> what a powerful worship. Thanks. Thank you, Brother Aaron. He's the best. Yeah. You're blessed. <clears throat> He's the best. <clears throat> what makes him the best is not a sound or a song selection but what makes him the best is his spirit by which he leads and renders. We love you. Amen. Beautiful family and the choir. I would put your choir against any choir in America. And I'm not blowing smoke, I believe that with all my heart. These instrumentalists and the ensemble, everyone that had a part in this. Tremendous time of worship. That's what church should be about. Expecting God to show up and do something mightily in our midst. Aren't you thankful for your church today? I am. It is an honor and it's a joy, Dr. Hunt, for inviting me to be back in your pulpit, my brother. I want to emphasize the doctor. (laughs) Only only time that I'm referred to as doctor is when I come here. It makes me have a big head. (laughs) But I appreciate him so much. He and his lovely wife, Miss Becky, they're sweet, sweet family. God has used them immensely. Brother Case and his family, we love Brother Case. We thank God for all the leadership from those who usher. Protect us, park us, escort us to those in the sound booth, the ministers, amplification for everyone that utilizes his or her gift in the family of God. Thank you for a power-filled church, refreshing to my preacher friends on the front row, I love every one of them. i honor honored to preach in their pulpits from year to year. They pleasantly surprised me this morning and uh, showed up, and it's an honor to be in their presence. Well, let's get right into the Word of God. Everybody ready? Would you journey with me this morning as we try to lay a foundation in God's Word that He will speak to our present-day reality From the book of John, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, if you would navigate there to John chapter 20, we'll begin reading in verse number 19. John chapter 20, verse number 19, I want us to look and consider some of the events that occurred immediately following the resurrection of Jesus Christ in light that we're living in the era of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll begin in verse number 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted, or forgiven unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, or twin, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, or unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. May God add his richest blessings upon the reading and the exegeting of his word today. If you are taking titles... I've entitled the message today, The Tragedy of an Absentee Church Member. But I sounds too negative for some of us and myself included, so a positive spin, The Glories of Attending Church. The Glories of Attending Church. May I suggest to you good people today that one of the most admirable traits or characteristics we ought to have is a healthy dose of curiosity. Nothing shows your desire of wanting to learn and to grow than to ask a bunch of questions. Now, asking questions has not always served me well in my life. My mother and daddy did not appreciate my good, healthy dose of curiosity as a child and early on in my adolescent years. You see, I was one that would make them frustrated and aggravated because I needed to know why we did some things the way we did them. The answer, because I said so, did not sit well with me. So I asked some questions. I asked some questions. I. Ask the question, why did I have to go to bed at eight o'clock when you can stay up as late as you want to? I ask questions. I ask questions. I ask, why do I have to eat sweet peas and boiled okra when you know I don't like them? (laughs) Questions. And here's one. Mama, why do I have to kiss Aunt Dimple when nobody else likes her and I have to kiss her? I suppose every family has one of those in them. Uh, And why? I just asked questions. Why my parents whipped me if it hurt them more than it did me? Gee, uh, just get over it, if it's going to upset both of us. <laughs> and I suppose one of the questions that I most often ask, because I was raised old school, why do we have to go to church every Sunday. That's right. I'll be honest with you. As a kid growing up there in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I could probably count on one hand the times that we missed church on Sunday. Yes. We didn't miss church because somebody was tired or didn't feel like going that Sunday. That's what amazes me today when I talk to some of these contemporary modern-day Christians and ask these young couples, well, how are your children doing? And they say, well, they didn't feel like coming to church last Sunday. I didn't know you could not feel like going to church. We had to go to church. I was drugged to church, and as a matter of fact, somebody helped me out right here. I imagine I'm speaking to some folks that didn't understand why you had to go to church every Sunday as well. I even questioned mom and dad, well, if school gets out at the end of May, and we don't have to go back to the end of August, how come church doesn't take a break like that? But no, we had to be every Sunday and I'm old school a lot of you won't understand this but we didn't just go to church we stayed at church on Sunday there wasn't no hour or power for our family we started about 8.30 that morning prayer before Sunday school and then Sunday school began. After Sunday school we met for prayer and after that prayer meeting we had worship time and about 12.30 when the long winded landmark missionary Baptist preacher finally got shut up. It was nearly 1 o'clock. We didn't have time to go across town from the country where we attended and so we just went over to somebody's house because at 4 o'clock we had children choir practice and then you choir practice and then back in the day at 5 o'clock we had BTU Baptist training union and then church worship again and maybe we would get out by 830 that night but I believe I'm with some folks right here at Woodland Hills Baptist Church though you may not have wanted to go to church every Sunday early on in your life or your conversion experience, but you've been here long enough to know there is a God that has pulled you out of some stuff, has made a way for you, that has delivered you, answered your prayer, forgiven your sin, and now comes Sunday morning, you look forward to going to the house of God. You can't wait. You don't even mind parking three blocks across the parking way. Walk in here with high heels. Maybe have to sit in the balcony. And you enjoy what God is doing in your church and in your life. Well, all of us know some folks, however, that to them, church isn't necessary. They're convinced and convicted they don't have to go to church. As a matter of fact, every one of us knows somebody that has no intentions of being in church today. They are at Bedside Baptist wearing pillow and sheets this morning. And they will say to you, you fill in the blank. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't have to go to church to develop my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, according to the Word of God, I differ. And as we look into our text today, I understand why some people don't come to church, I suppose. I get it. Because sometimes church can be a difficult place. Oh, y'all come on and hear me now. Amen. Sometimes it can be a bad experience. Sometimes church can leave a bad taste in your mouth. I was doing a revival in Oklahoma not many weeks ago. A lady came up to me, and I noticed she had been coming to the services without her husband. They had said she was married, and I said, your husband doesn't come. She said, he hasn't been here in years and years. I said, why? Because he was hurt, she said one time in church. I looked at her with a puzzled face, and I said, only once? (laughs) Gee. We've been heard over and over again in church. As a matter of fact, church folks can be some of the meanest folk. Now, don't look at anybody here now. (laughs) That we know. If the truth be known, there are people outside of the church that we enjoy relationships with more than we enjoy with some people in the church. But I want us to look at this setting in our Scripture today. Jesus had been resurrected. It's on Sunday morning, the first day of the week. His disciples had gathered. Jesus had commanded them before He was crucified when He met in the upper room with them and implemented the Lord's Supper and participated in the Passover. He said to them that he would be crucified but would be buried and would raise again. And he said, I want you to meet in this upper room. Don't scatter yourself. You meet there and wait. And when I'm raised from the grave, I will come to where you are. He had been crucified earlier in the week. Salvation's plan had been completed. The sins of all humanity had been paid in full. Buried. Easter Sunday morning, the earth began to rock and the stone began to roll. And up from the grave, he arose. And now that evening, he goes to that upper room with all expectations that his disciples would have obeyed his direct commandment to meet in that upper room and stay there until I return. So he shows up and he takes attendance. Matthew here, James, John's here, Bartholomew here. But the Bible says in verse 24, one was missing. Yeah. Since that Thomas was not present. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us why Thomas was not there. But your pastor announced that I've been in the ministry 50 years this year. I've been around a lot of church folks over the years. I, I had to put my thought together and think about it, but... Knowing church people the way I know them, I assume there's a pretty good chance one of the reasons that Thomas had for missing. Maybe Thomas wasn't there because he had a long week and he rationalized in his mind, I'm tired and the Lord knows my heart. Or maybe... James and John had a backyard barbecue and didn't invite Thomas, and Thomas did not want to go to church and sit by James and John. He would rather have missed the presence of Jesus than to be next to James and John. Or maybe, just maybe, he drove by earlier in the week and he saw on the billboard that Peter wasn't preaching on Sunday. Who wants to get up and go listen to old Dry Bartholomew preach? Oh, I know what it was. Maybe the Corinthian Cowboys were playing the were playing the Philippians Eagles, and it's game day. I don't know why he missed. But there's one thing I do understand, according to the Scripture. Because he was not there, he violated the direct commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ to be in that upper room assembled with the believers on the first day of the week when Jesus would appear in their presence. So I want us to see the glories of attending church. And I've got to hurry. You say, well, I'm a church member. You're preaching to somebody else. Well, maybe so. But if you ever get the inkling of wanting to stay home on Sunday, I want you to go back and refresh yourself from these verses. Or if you know someone that's not in church, maybe, just maybe, the Lord will empower and equip you to be able to share to others their need of being in the house of the Lord. So let's let's look at it very quickly. I want to give you three or four reasons why you need to belong to a church today. Number one, you need to belong to a church because you need a relationship with other witnesses. One more time, you need a relationship with other witnesses. One of the reasons why Jesus commands us to be in church is because our Lord knows what so many have never recognized. To be your best self, you can't be by yourself. To be your best self, you can't be by yourself. When Jesus sent out his disciples, notice this, he never sent them out alone. At bare minimum, he sent them out two by two. Amen? And the reason why is this, because I don't care how big you are, how big your Bible is, how much of the anointing on your life, how many degrees behind your name, you'll never be your best self by yourself. And every one of us need relations with other witnesses. Now, I want you to see what Thomas missed. It's on the first day of the week. And Thomas doesn't show up. Wouldn't you agree he violated, he disobeyed a direct commandment of our Lord? Our Lord told them to assemble as a body of believers, the disciples. But he wasn't there. What did he miss? Jesus showed up, and Jesus spoke to them, Peace be unto you. And Jesus showed them his healing hands. Why do we need church? Mm -mm, I feel like preaching right here. Is that all right? I may cut cut loose and just forget about the next three reasons and just camp out right here until it's over. Why do we need church? You see, that's why I love the Bible. Because. these disciples had relations with other witnesses. Thomas didn't show up. In verse number 24, we say Thomas wasn't there. But notice, here's Bible study. Notice in verse number 25, but they said to Thomas. Are you hearing me? Verse 24, Thomas wasn't there. Verse 25, but they said unto Thomas. Now, how did they say unto Thomas if Thomas wasn't there? Immediately, following that worship service on the first day of the week, when Jesus showed up and showed him his healing hands, they went after Thomas, and they searched in Jerusalem, and they found him and said, You've missed seeing Jesus. He's alive. He's resurrected. You know what that tells me? It indicates that the importance of the church is here's a group of people down here at Woodland Hills Baptist Church that really cares for other people. Aren't you glad you can assemble and have a family that cares for you that when you have a need, they're there to help assist in the answer. When you have a prayer request, they'll take your hand or give you a godly hug and share with you your burden. notice this now look 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 at this Thomas wasn't there and the Bible says eight days later Jesus showed up eight days now let's do a little quiz on the first day of the week what day that is Sunday. Eight days later, Jesus shows back up and Thomas is there. You see, the Bible calendar is different from our calendar. In the Bible calendar, it's inclusive. You count the day of. So if it's the first day of the week, eight days later, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, eight days. The next Sunday, Jesus shows up. Isn't that good? And Thomas is there. Now, I like this. This will get somebody happy here. Thomas showed up, and what did Jesus do? Jesus showed Thomas his healed hands. But the question I have, couldn't Jesus had sought Thomas out on Monday couldn't he had found him on Tuesday couldn't he have showed him healed hands on Thursday why did he wait till Sunday a week later to show him healed hands oh hear me right here because in the church the family of God is where Jesus shows us healed hands. Now, I know this is old school. I know you get aggravated from time to time. I know somebody says, well, the preacher does this all the time. And I know this is overplayed. We'll ask somebody to reach over and touch the person next to him. Or repeat after me something over there and I know some of you get aggravated but I'm gonna do this one time would you let me do this would you reach over there and touch the person next to you with your hand and I want you to look at that person and I want you to say I want you to feel healed hands in the house of god i believe there's some folks here today that have healed hands you've experienced the healing power of god in your life somebody here has experienced a grandchild being delivered from drugs. Somebody here has embraced, embraced a single uh, mom, parent. Somebody here has had prayers answered. Somebody here has been touched by God. Somebody this morning, when you didn't think there was a way, God showed up as the way maker. You're here today because you have healed hands. Uh, now get this if you've got healed hands it's impossible to come to church every single Sunday without ever opening your mouth Now, I don't mean you had to come here and get crazy. Act a fool. Your pastor preached a powerful sermon at my personal conference the first Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of December, this past December. And I'm telling you what, what a year will bring. Miss Becky, I'm glad you weren't there to see all that. You'd have settled him down. (laughs) What a year brings. God's been good to that pastor. Healed him many times, brought him a long way. That man of God was dancing around there, running around. He was preaching up a storm. Man. And you know why? Because he's got some healed hands. Because God's done some things in his life that can't be attributed by the work of man. God answered some prayers for him. God worked in his life. He's worked in your life. He's touched you beyond measure. And when you come to God's house, it's a time and a place where we can assemble together and show everybody that God's been good to us. Woo! For instance, say on your pew, you've got some old boy down here that don't need all that. Don't have to hear that. And you've got somebody else on the other side of you in your pew that's like Thomas that needs to know that Jesus is resurrected, that he's alive, that he's on his throne, that he still cares, that he still reaches down and picks people up, that he gives them away a worth for living. And there you're sitting and you've got a choice. Are you going to keep your mouth shut because that person over here don't want to hear it? Or are you going to turn over here this direction And you show and praise God because that lady over here needs to know that God has healing hands and what he's done for you he can do for her. Well, I won't finish but here's the outline. Relationship with other witnesses, that's why we need to come. Number two, our responsibility in the world. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, even so I send you. We have a responsibility to change the world around us. And you know how we do that? It amazes me when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you become a born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit doesn't come into your life empty-handed. The Holy Spirit brings you gifts. And those gifts are for the edification and the building and the enlarging of the kingdom of God. Well, let me help somebody right here. I've studied gifts just for this sermon. Can I just say, sitting in church during a worship service is not a gift, criticizing everything that happens in the church is not a gift. Sending anonymous emails to someone about things you don't like in the sermon, that's not a gift. And because of the creative consciousness and the limitations and the selectiveness of the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit comes and gives you a gift, you don't get all the gifts. Because the Holy Spirit knows that if you got all 12 gifts you won't need anybody and so you just have a few gifts maybe just one gift but here's the beauty of the picture in the family of God at church on Sunday morning this one over here he uses his God-given gift and she uses her gift And she hooks up with his gift of a different one. And he hooks up with her gift. And all over the family of God in the church house, everyone has hooked up with his and her various different gifts. And they're all expanding and enlarging the family and kingdom of God because everybody's using their gift. Can you imagine one person trying to do it all? Can you imagine... Well, the case, and I know he's good, but can you imagine him doing all the preaching, leading the choir, singing the special, playing the instruments, receiving the offering, doing the preaching, and cooking the fried chicken for lunch? No. But God's method to be in church the glories of attending church is because each one of us who are born again believers can utilize his or her God given gift and not be humiliated or embarrassed or not feel guilty about somebody else's gift. But use the gift that God has given you and let the brother lead the choir, let the singer sing the special. Let the ushers protect the doors in the parking lot. Let the Sunday school teachers teach their lesson. Let the camera crew move around and do its job. Let the sound men take care of the sound. Everybody doing what God has gifted them to do. And let the preacher preach the sermon. And let mama cook the chicken when you get home. Not only responsibility in the world in relationship with witnesses, you know why you need the church? Is to receive a word from the Lord. You'll get a word from the Lord directly right here that you won't get watching David Jeremiah or Charles Stanley. You need to hear discernment from the Holy Spirit and a word from God that you can't get reading Joe Osteen books. You need the church family. Church right here at Woodland Hills. Because if you're watching them, if they say something that doesn't appease you, you could turn it off. Surf. Change channels, but when you come into the house of God and the singing gets so powerful and the glory rolls and comes down and the preacher comes and preaches a word of God, you have nowhere to go. You can't get up and leave. You've got to sit here and endure what God has a word for you. When he showed up, Jesus, he said to them exactly what they needed to hear, peace. Because their life was being threatened. Their survival was at risk. When you come to church, you receive a word from God that you can't receive anywhere else. Let's take a Gallup poll, and I'm done. Anybody ever been to church, and the preacher preached, and you said, wow, who told the preacher all of my business? Sure, a lot of hands went up. How did the preacher know that about me? You heard the preacher preach, and you shake his hand at the end of the service and said, You didn't even know I was going to be here. But yet you preached to me. Over at Mason Creek, several came up to me after the service and said, Brother Jim, those words were exactly what I needed to hear. It's amazing to me. Now, you go out to eat. You don't want to go out to eat every night. You go to a restaurant every night, order off of a menu, You'll get what you want, but that may not necessarily be what you need. The chef cooks what you want because the chef thinks that you know what you know and what you want based upon the chef thinks you know what you need. You can go to McDonald's and have a Big Mac every morning for breakfast. Not good for you. Well, they're not going to turn you down because they're going to think that you know what you need, not just what you want. But when you go to Mama's house and you sit down at her table, there's not any menus because Mama has discernment. She's going to prepare on that day what she knows you need. Maybe yesterday she says you didn't have enough green vegetables, and she's going to prepare green vegetables for you today. That's church. Church is not always hip, hip, hurrah, and hooray. Church, you come. If you've got a pastor, and I know that you do, he's going to give you a balanced diet. Some days you'll hear from Genesis, some from Revelation, some days doctrine, some days inspiration, some days you'll hear things you want to shout, other days you want to say, ouch, because he has a word from God. For you. Will you bow your heads just for a moment? Because that leads me up to the fourth reason we ought to go to church. Now notice this. Number one, we need a relationship with other witnesses, we need one another. Number two, we need to know our responsibility to the world. Number three, we need to come to receive a word. Now notice this. I want you to see number four. You know what makes church what it is? Because we need to be in a place where we can respond to the wonder of God. Sometimes we just need to be at a place where God shows up in our lives. Shows up in somebody else's life. And we're blessed as a result of it. To see God at his best, the wonder, the glory. Man we heard about your services here this morning at 8: 30 over there at Mason Creek at 9: 30. We heard about, even during the worship, folks were standing all over the sanctuary, praising God, during the singing. man, oh man, what a sermon your pastor must have preached, the state of the church. It was everybody leaving out at 10:30 upon my arrival? Shaking his hand, talking about what a powerful word from God. Sometimes it's all right to go a little past 12 o'clock to experience the wonder of our God. Did you notice what he did when he showed up, Jesus? That is, he said, Peace unto you. He needed to give them a word they needed for that week. But then the Bible says that he breathed on them. They were full of the Spirit of God. How many of you can remember times where the Lord breathed his Spirit upon you? I mean, that doesn't happen always, does it? Breathe on you. 24, this Bible conference, this week would it be your prayer Lord breathe on me again breathe on me you have the church family you come find you somebody that's going through something in their life reach out and pull them out hold their hand give them a godly hug right now Ask them if you could go down to the altar and just pray with them. We need one another. That's what church is all about. You can't get this at home. We've got friends right here and family that are going through some difficult times. You know who some of them are. If you don't want to bring them down here to the altar, maybe that may not suit them. I want you to go where they're at. Find somebody in this sanctuary right now and put your arm around somebody and tell them how much you love them. Those of you in the balcony, y'all look this way. Do y'all know some folks down here? We're going to give you an opportunity to just slip right down, take just a moment, and be a refresher, be a blessing. We lost one of the greatest evangelists this past week known to known to mankind since the Apostle Paul, Brother Junior Hill. He has a book entitled The Refresher. Sometimes we just need to be a refresher to others. Let somebody know you care this morning. Our pastors are down here at the front. They're going to receive you if you'd like to receive Jesus. That's first and foremost. You come to them and trust Jesus on this first Sunday of this new year. Start your year off knowing Jesus Christ fully as your Lord and Savior. Some of you may need to begin by putting your membership into this church. These pastors will receive you to do that. Just come on right now. They'll ask all the questions. The church will receive you with open arms. But the rest of us here find you somebody that you could be a blessing to right now. Let's all stand and Some of you leave your pew. Find somebody in this service. Put your arm around. Let them know how much you love them, how much you care. Will you do that as they sing this invitation? Amen. Those in the balcony, come on down. Amen. Thank you. Find somebody just to put your arm around them. Tell them how much you love them and it's so good to see them in the house of the Lord.